everyone. Welcome to MTG Live. This is episode 25, and this is one you do not want to miss. So go ahead and share with your friends and family, because we have a very important guest and a very important topic to talk about. Uh, today with me, I have Chloe Cole. Chloe Cole is 18 years old from California, and she's one of the bravest girls I know. So Chloe, thanks so much for joining me today. Thank you so much for having me on. Absolutely. So we're going to be talking about the bill that I just introduced a few weeks ago in Congress called the Protect Children's Innocence Act. You all have heard me talk about this before. This is a bill that will make it a felony to perform gender-affirming care on anyone under the age of 18. Well, this is such an important issue, and it has it is affecting many many young people, many kids, many teenagers, and Chloe knows firsthand what that's like because, well, Chloe, you went through it yourself. So we're going to be talking about Chloe's story and and what it's like to detransition and then how people treat you, the media, the press, social media, and the entire process. And this is why this bill, Protect Children's Innocence Act, is so important to pass in Congress. And I just want to say one more thing. The bill doesn't attack anyone's sexuality or choices that they make. What the bill does is it just simply makes it a felony to perform gender-affirming care, and this is all to protect kids so that they can just be kids and grow up, and that's all any child deserves. And this should never be um, something that, you know, puberty blockers, hormones, double mastectomies, hysterectomies, castration. This isn't anything any child should ever go through before they're old enough to vote, get a tattoo, buy tobacco, even drive a car, see an R-rated movie, join the military, or simply go off to college. So, so Chloe, um, first of all, thanks so much for joining me. So I want to ask you, how old were you when you first started thinking, Am I, maybe I'm a boy, am I a boy, am I a girl? What age did that start? I was 12 years old when I first started transitioning socially. Socially. So what grade is that in? I was in, this was late seventh grade. Seventh grade. Okay. So is that, was that middle school? Yes. Middle school. So, so, and that means you're transitioning socially. That means that you were going to school using a different name or, or identifying as a boy. Is that right? Yeah. So at first, um, in grades seven to eight, I actually didn't really, um, I never had like teachers or most of my peers like refer to me as like a, like a male or by my preferred name. I w at this time I was too, um, I didn't pass very well. I was, I was a little too shy to be more open about that. But, um, at home I actually, um, I like came out to my parents and my family and, um, I, I was making like all the visual changes. Like I got, I got hair, I got shorter haircuts, and I bought boys' clothes. Yeah, but you know what? It's pretty common for a lot of girls to do that. Mm -hmm. Yes, it is. I mean, I played sports growing up. Um, gosh, I've got two daughters of my own. One, one play ended up playing D one uh, softball in college. And when you're around that age, it's so normal. That is so normal to um, have different feelings because you're starting to right there either before puberty or starting to go through puberty. So it's so sad that those were the feelings you had. But you were telling me something interesting. It was kind of like the cool thing to do or, or what was being talked about uh, at that age. And so how did you learn about those things? So 
I learned about it through social media and the internet. Actually, yep. I made my first um, my first real social media account. I, I I was 11 years old and I made my first Instagram account. And very soon after I made that account, I was exposed to a lot of like um, I was seeing a lot of, like like a lot of um, a lot of like LGBTQ content. In like my um, it was it was suggested to me in my explore feed. And wow, is that based on things you search? Um, you search something. Is it is that how the suggestions come, or is or is pages? Well, you that's liked? that's one way. Maybe, but it, it came it came to me without without searching. Really, that is so interesting. Um, yeah, I, I don't know enough about algorithms on searches and social media. Mm. Okay, so if you're 18 now, and that was when you were. 12. So we're literally talking about six years ago. So this is around 2016. Is that, is that right? Yeah, 20, 2017. 2017. Okay. So this is not that long ago. And what's interesting is for most of us around 2017, it was unheard of for us to even think about kids changing their gender. Um, but actually it was pretty common, right? Or was, um, it, was it becoming popular or like within my school? Yeah, just in, in maybe in your school or no, actually in my at my media. um at least in um in in middle school from seventh to eighth grade um I was like the kind of like the token trans kid in the school. Oh, okay. I actually kind of got um because like I was changing my presentation. I was like, mm. I was like di- like like different from my peers. I actually got um. A lot of my peers actually didn't treat me very well. Yeah. Oh, so they were they responded they, in disapproval. Yeah. Okay. It might sound weird, but that actually encouraged me to just go further because I wanted to prove everybody wrong. Yeah, of course, because you were ingrained in it. Mm-hmm. Wow. Um, but you probably got approval from other people. So there were certain my family and online, online, and my. This might be this might be the worst out of all of them. It was my, it was my medical, um, it was my healthcare provider that was affirming me the most, wow. even to my parents. Was so your doctor and wow, and that's in California, of course. Um, so your healthcare provider is was saying, oh yes, this is true. Oh, your mm-hmm. feelings are correct, and they're affirming what you're believing about your gender at yeah. the time. You're 12 years old, which is crazy. Absolutely crazy. So, so then what happened after? So you start changing how you present socially, how mm-hmm. you refer to yourself, how you call yourself, how you dress, cut your hair, and all that stuff. Then what? What comes next? Like, what is the next step? So I actually, um, I started to seek like um, medicalization. Not only like socially transitioning, like changing my name. I also wanted to. I wanted to go the full way. I wanted to go on testosterone and get my breasts removed and become, I thought I would become, I guess you could say, my real self. That was that was what I believed. Wow. But how did you even know about those things? Most 12-year-olds wouldn't know. Is this because you were seeing it online? Yeah, this information is freely available online. Oh, free. Okay, so that is how kids are finding out about this. It's all over the internet. It's all over social media and it's very much encouraged. Mm-hmm. You say so. 
Okay, so you were able to read about it, learn about it, because obviously you're like, well, what do I do now? Mm. And so you were able to find out, oh, I can take testosterone and this will make me more masculine like a man. Oh, I can have my breasts removed and things like that. Is that how you were able to figure out what to do? Yeah. And then who do you like? Who did you ask that? How, how, how do you ask people for that? Did you have to ask your parents or did you have to ask your doctor? or How did that work? So. I think I, I first um I first brought it up to my parents. They were a little apprehensive about it, obviously. Yeah. But so they started seeking again. They started to like seek the help from medical professionals to see what to do about this. And they just said, "Oh, oh, she's a she. She knows what to do with herself. She's a kids know their kids know what what gender they are by age." I don't know, like, they said, like, two. Oh, yeah. Wow. And they they basically guilted them into letting me do what whatever I wanted. They gave the whole, um, would you rather have a dead daughter or a live son? And, like, cited all the, they cited, like, the suicide statistics. Unbelievable. So I can't even imagine your parents' position. They're, they're, they love you, obviously. Oh, my goodness. They love you so much. And then to be told from the professional, would you rather have a live son or a dead daughter? Those are like the worst words. Um, so your your poor parents, of course, they're just trying to do the right thing. Yeah. There's many parents in this situation right now um, being told told exactly the same words, but yet we're we're finding out that this is not at all the reality. It's actually. The opposite reality. Not at all. Mm. That is so hard to go to through. Um, so testosterone comes. Yeah. So you got to take testosterone. Yeah. So a, a month before that, actually, I was um, I was placed onto puberty blockers to just like clear out all like the sex hormones from my system. And I was on them for about a for about a year alongside the um, the testosterone. What age is that? I was I was thirteen when I started on both of those. Oh, oh, both of those. Okay, mm-hmm. so twelve socially changed, thirteen started taking puberty blockers and testosterone. Wow. Happened very quickly. That is so fast. What grade were you in? Eighth grade. Oh yes, yes, it's middle school. Mm-hmm. Oh, still in middle school. Unbelievable. Um, that's that's drastic. Okay, so thirteen puberty blockers. Did that make you feel weird? What did that? Do you even remember? Yeah. So I um. My memory of this is a little bit, um, it's a little hard to recall certain things, but I remember it was just like this feeling of boredom, like waiting for the next thing. And, um, after a while I started getting some physical side effects, like, um, hot flashes. Oh, wow. Yeah. it, It got, it got to the point that like, I couldn't wear like certain, I couldn't wear like I couldn't wear like sweaters or like long pants during the winter time on some days because yeah, and it was it was itchy too. It was it was just horrible. Oh my and, gosh! And um, hot flashes after, was what uh, what happens to women at menopause when you're going through menopause, um, and and women's hormones are changing and they're losing their hormones. Uh, their body is not producing as much. That's what creates hot flashes. Mm. So that puberty blocker was blocking your estrogen, blocking your progesterone, all your natural mm-hmm. um, hormones that your body needed to make it 13 and yeah. so normal. 
And then you were getting testosterone on top of it. So it was literally giving you hot flashes. I, I guess I got a preview of menopause. Yeah, at, at 13. Imagine that, preview of menopause at 13. Uh, Unbelievable. Yeah, and um, I don't know if, I'm not exactly sure what it was, but um, after a while, a few months of being on them, mm -hmm. sometimes if I would just like, like breathe, breathe like normally, just like exhale mm -hmm. and inhale, I would hear like my, my neck or my back pop really loudly. Wow. And um, what was that from? Do you think I have I have no idea. They one of the known side effects of blockers is that they um they affect like bone density. Right, I've read that. I don't. I've never gotten my bone density checked. I I think I'm okay now because I've taken some really hard falls while skating my rollerblade. Oh yeah, good for you. <laughs> but um, I think that's the worst part about this. There's just so many unknowns. I think so too. This is this is it's a whole new thing. So. So puberty blockers, they, it has been, it's studied and it's being talked about a lot is they do affect your bone density and, and your bone density is your health basically for the rest of your life. No one at 13 or no one even at 20 or 30, my goodness, should have such low bone density where they're at risk of breaking a bone, simply falling down um, or having, that, that's just not normal. Yeah, there's been reports of... Um Children, actually, people under the age of 18, having been on blockers for a few years and like falling the wrong way and they end up permanently injured. Oh, my goodness. They're just maimed for life. Maimed for life. It's so sad. Now, just to switch to talk about um, just a little bit for the audience watching. So when a biological male takes puberty blockers, that completely stops the growth of their genitals. Um, so a lot of the teenage boys that, that take puberty blockers, they don't, they don't grow, um, grow into like what they should as a man. And it's very sad. I've read stories and, and heard it talked about. And they're so, so regretful and heartbroken because they still remain the size, um, that they would, that they would have been like at 11 and 12 or even yeah. 13 years old. Yeah. And if those people go on to get, um, sex reassignment surgeries, because they don't have enough tissue in their genitalia to um, create like a neo-vagina, as it's called, mm -hmm. they have to use like they have to use tissues from other areas of the body, most often the um, the rectum. Oh my word! So they take tissue from the rectum and use it to create this. I mean, it's hor it's horrible, really, what they're doing to their bodies, but to create this this uh, yeah, that that just shouldn't happen. And then the pain that goes with it if they continue down that path. So there's a lot of pain involved in these surgeries. And the, the recovery process them. is horrible. That's what they say. The recovery process from it. I can't even imagine. Um, so that that's the opposite side of, of what uh, biological males, teenagers, young teenage boys that are doing this stuff. And it is it isn't being talked about enough. So back to your story. So you're taking puberty blockers, testosterone, having hot flashes at 13, like you're in menopause, having your, your bones are popping, but at the same time, are you feeling more like euphoric and excited because you're going down this path that seemed to be the right thing to do mm -hmm. for you? And just like seeing all the changes that, that were happening over time was just, it was exciting for me. Like it felt like I was, you know, becoming my real self. Yeah, becoming your real self, which 
pleasant. No, not at all. That my body was starting, my body and my face were starting to reflect my uh, who I really was. Oh wow! Now I'm sure you had in your mind dreams of what you would look like and what you would be like. But the reality of that is not real at all. No, because you're biologically female, and it's a, it's impossible. It's just impossible. But did anyone tell you that? Any of the medical doctors or anyone tell you? No, no adults. No adults. There was um when I was um the first time I was referred to an endocrinologist to mm -hmm. try and get um like a prescription for blockers and testosterone. He actually refused me because um, he cited concerns for my, um, for how it might affect like my, my brain development. Oh, wow. But he really didn't say a whole, whole lot else. No, like, no, like suggesting like introspection or maybe suggesting that like this wouldn't actually make me into a male. It, it was just. So no one would say that. No mm -hmm. one would say. And they, they can't. They can't. They can't. That would be considered conversion therapy under California law. Under California law. Okay, that's really important to point out. So under California law, none of these counselors or medical professionals of any kind can tell you that this cannot be done because that saying no to gender affirming care is considered conversion therapy. Yes. Unbelievable. So in, in California, no child is safe. No child's safe. And then they want the bill that you that you have been bravely working against. What is it? SB? SB 107. SB 107. So that bill, if Governor Newsom signs it into law, then that then California becomes what? A sanctuary state for yes. trans children. And will become, and if it becomes a sanctuary state for trans children, that means that it's going to be a state where this medical uh, scientific experimentation, it's child abuse on kids, is going to be a massively booming medical industry. Mm -hmm. People are going to become rich beyond their wildest dreams, uh, castrating teenage boys, performing double mastectomies on teenage girls or younger, uh, performing hysterectomies, uh, prescribing puberty blockers, hormone therapy. It is, it's, it's unbelievable. It, it really is. It's unbelievable. Um, okay, so then, so 13 puberty blockers, testosterone, then what comes next? Um, so I was 15 when I had gotten my, my double mastectomy and both of my, both of my breasts had been removed. At 15? Yeah. And you couldn't, you didn't have a, did you even have a learner's permit to drive yet? No. No. Didn't even have your learner's permit learning to drive a car. Mm -mm. Hey, so if you're, if you wanted to go to school and you, and you had a headache and you went to the nurse's office, could you get any medication there? If you were sick, could you get medication by asking yourself or did your parents have to give permission? Um, Cause I've, I've never had to, I've never had to do that. So I can't answer. Oh, that. okay. Cause as a mom, like this is interesting to me. So when my when I always had to sign something every single year, giving my kids permission to get like Tylenol or Advil if mm -hmm. they didn't feel good from the school nurse. Like we parents have to give permission like that for kids just to get something for a headache. But here you were like just fast passing all the way through to get a double mastectomy before you had a learner's permit to learn to drive before you had a driver's license. And you were probably in what? 
I was in I was in tenth grade when I first yeah. grade. Tenth it grade. was it happened um the summer after my sophomore year. Unbelievable. The summer after sophomore so before you went to eleventh grade, double mastectomy. Um was it when when did regret come in? Um it was really hard to identify the feeling, but like I started to feel a bit of grief after maybe after like the initial um I guess you'd say euphoria wore off, which happened very quickly because um you know, I, I was the surgery left me practically disabled. I, I had like no range of motion in my upper body for a few months and I missed out on a lot of stuff. I couldn't really go outside. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And this was also um this happened um this was twenty twenty, so this was when like the COVID restrictions were still Wow stringent. So um so you, it was, I was just I was just very lonely. I was always on like social media and stuff. I can't even imagine. So in California, mm -hmm. um, you guys were shut down big time, mm -hmm. big time. I didn't even go to school for for like in person for a while. We um, the model my school followed for a while was called the distance learning program. Mm -hmm. Basically, um, we had to attend class via. It was, it was, it wasn't Zoom, it was Microsoft Teams, which is basically the same thing, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, so there, there was just a lot of grief during my, um, after my sophomore year and, um, like throughout my, my, my junior year. You all had been telling me that there's a very high percentage of, of kids that are, that are transitioning that have autism. Yeah. So... There's actually autism is not the only is not the only one. Really? Um, okay. There's a lot of there's a lot of um, common comorbidities among transgender people like depression, anxiety disorders, um, sexual abuse, oh. sexual and familial abuse is one of the biggest one. Um, this is anecdotal, but every other trans every trans every transgender person I've met personally has been either has either like some sort of sexual trauma, oh, no. or they have a they have like a history of abuse or neglect. Wow. So so everyone that you've met personally, doesn't mean it's all of them, but everyone you've met personally, which I'm sure at this point is a lot mm -hmm. because you've been so involved talking with people about this. And obviously you've been talking with people about this since you were 12 years old. So I can't, that is an extremely high percentage. So these are, so a lot of these kids um, and teenagers are, Sexual abuse victims or physical abuse victims, maybe. Yeah. Um, mental health. They've got issues with mental health of all ranges, right? Everything you said, depression, anxiety, learning disorders, ADHD, probably compulsive behavior, mm -hmm. um, and then autism. Yeah, and the thing, the thing about autistic people is that they're, especially autistic children, they, they tend to be more suggestible and to hyperfixate on certain things sure and then if they're hyper fixating on i want to change this about myself then they're probably willing to do anything to do it even and even having body parts cut off yeah i um i actually had um undiagnosed um body dysmorphia disorder for about um maybe about five or six years it i didn't get a diagnosis until after i i detransitioned 
because if they'd have said you have body dysmorphia, that would have been conversion therapy. Is that right? Unbelievable. Now, you also found out something during this process about yourself that your parents had kind of been told maybe earlier on when you were a child um, uh, going to school is that didn't you get a diagnosis? Of, you got some diagnosis yourself. Yeah. Um, I was diagnosed with ADHD when I was about six or seven years old. Um, since preschool, actually, I had, I had teachers like suggesting to my parents that I was autistic, but I didn't get a, get a proper diagnosis until much later, until my late teens. Um, and an interesting thing is um, I didn't get a, a diagnosis for depression or, or, um, or, anx or anxiety until I was well into my transition, maybe about two years into the medical process. And I, I, I think that transitioning, honestly was what led to that diagnosis. I would think so, probably. Oh, my goodness. But you had, you did have some learning disorders there early on, ADHD, like mm. your parents found out earlier. And then it's so interesting that you found out um, going through the process and that you got diagnosed with autism. And and like we, you, you all were saying, it's like really high percentage. They're finding out. I mean, we don't know everything yet. We're still trying to learn everything about what's happening with these kids. But it appears to be, and there was even a study that came out of um, the United Kingdom, and they had, I believe it was like 33 or 35% of, of the kids that were studied over there and had gone through the surgeries did have autism. Yeah, um, and yeah. Then, the, um, the interesting thing about that is that the same gender specialist who approved me for top surgery um, Later, she was the one who also um, suggested that I get the autism diagnosis. So that kind of suggests that she's very familiar with autism symptoms, and especially in um, like transgender patients. So that's so she knew. Like that's what that's what is so disturbing about this for everyone's watching. One of the one of the medical professionals that were letting Chloe do this diagnosed her diagnosed her as autistic but still said this was okay. And this is, this is what's happening to kids. So a lot of these, all these medical professionals know exactly what they're doing to children and teenagers. They know exactly what they're doing, but their state laws or the fact that they buy into it themselves that, that either that are stopping them from saying the truth to these kids because that could be conversion therapy and, and somehow that's wrong. Or the fact that they agree with it and, and would diagnose Chloe or another child with, with autism and say, no, you can still do this. And then if they're questioning them, they probably know the ones that have had sexual abuse and trauma, right? I would imagine. And yeah, well, they don't, we don't they, know that. We can't speak for them. But mm -hmm. it should be part of the process of them talking to them. It should be, but it's, it's, oh, not. it's not. Oh, it's not. Okay. It should be. That should actually be part of this process is asking, have you ever had, had it been abused in any way? They should know if there have been sexually abused or physically abused because they need help. They, they need help from that. They don't need help transitioning and doing something permanent to their body. They need help with the trauma that they've gone through. Um, so that definitely needs to happen. So it's, it's unbelievable. Uh, there's no protections. I mean, everything you're describing is... It's, it's, a, it's a child or a teenager believing something about themselves that they think is going to make them become 
something they're something they want to be, but there is no breaks. Like there's nothing to stop it whatsoever. And no adult that says, do not do this to yourself. Yeah. They can go at whatever pace they want. No matter how quick. They're being given what they want, but not what they need. Give there it is. Given what they want, but not what they need. Chloe, I have to tell you, so I'm, I've got three kids, and our job is moms, and, and you know, I hope you can be a mom one day because I think you'd be great. But the, our job is, as parents is to say no when kids need to hear. Kids don't want to hear no, but our job as parents is say no mm-hmm. when the kids need to be told no. It's not say yes, 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 yes to everything. That's ridiculous. I mean, reality in life is we can't have everything we want. I'm really short. I would love to be taller. But the reality is I'm never going to be taller. I mean, there's just there's facts of life. Right. And uh, changing our gender is is a fact of life that just should never be done. It just shouldn't. Because um, so it's my belief. I say this all the time that God made us uh, male and female in his image. He made us, which is so incredible to think about. And he made each each and every one of us unique, which is why I think a lot of times people feel insecure about themselves or they don't feel like they fit in. Because the world tries to put us all in one box, right? Or it tries to say, oh, well, in order to be good at this, you have to be like this person. Or in order to, to be liked or be popular, you have to be this way. And, and all of that is a complete lie because actually we're so created just perfect the way we are. And it's when people are uniquely themselves, um, that's when they shine. And you're definitely shining. Oh, my gosh. You did so good today at our press conference. <laughs> Thank you so and much. And you're telling your story, which so many people need to hear. It is it is a true blessing. Um, and it takes a lot of bravery and courage, tremendous bravery and courage. But let's talk about what happens when um, you are telling your story. And there's a lot of people that aren't being very nice about that. Mm-hmm. No, not nice at all. So you had an experience with, I believe it was, let's see, someone from Forbes Forbes Media Company who wrote an article um, about you, about you recently. Uh, this is Dawn Ennis, uh, who's a contributor to Forbes, uh, f- as part of the diversity, equity, and inclusion, um, wrote an article back, oh, just recently, September 11th, 2022. So this was just... Literally the other day. Now, um, I'll, I'll explain who Dawn is. Dawn used to be Dawn as a man, as a biological man. And then Dawn became Dawn, a woman. And then I think he, I heard he went back to Dawn briefly. Now he's back to Dawn as uh, he identifies as a female. So he has a particular interest in these type topics. Now, Dawn is also an adult, right? And a parent. Yeah. He's a She's a parent. 58 years old. 58 years old and has enjoyed the ability to be a parent and, and seems to support um, sterilizing kids before they're ever able to be a parent. I mean, he obviously doesn't care if you were sterilized in this process. Not one single bit. Um, but, but he's, you know, he or she, Dawn, we'll just call him Dawn. Dawn enjoys being a parent so much so that I, I think one of his own children identifies as something Trans, maybe. I'm not sure. That's what I heard. You don't have to comment. That was what I heard recently. Um, but but Don wrote an article about you, and it really wasn't fair. Um, and it was pretty critical. Like, went through your story. 
um, talking about your transition, um, talked about your things that you had said, went deep into picking apart your comments, attacked me, of course. I mean, because, I mean, you wouldn't be a good political activist pretending to be a journalist if you weren't attacking me because that's what you guys are good at. But so he picked you apart um, on behalf of Forbes, the the media company, which is unbelievable. Uh, but so he he attacks you, and you said he tried to stick you with me and make this a political issue, which it wasn't. And you did a good job. You said, while I don't agree with everything any politician says or does, I find her bill that protects children from the harm that I endured is a cause I can get behind. Good for you. And that's the right, that's where everyone should be. You don't have to agree with, you don't have to agree with any political party or any politician, but if there's an issue that's important, it's a, it's good to get behind it. And you know better than anyone about this issue. I mean, if there are any, um, like, Democrat officials speaking out on this, I would gladly team up with them, but there's none. There aren't any. You haven't found one. Mm -hmm. I mean, I know a lot of my supporters are, like, hardcore Democrats. They're from all over the place, like, politically speaking. They come from all, all walks of life, and the narrative is that um, it's all, like, oh, it's all, like, far-right, fascists, bigots speaking against this. It's not true. Everybody, everywhere, is speaking against it. Yeah, it's it's the only people that think this issue is um, controversial are are the doctors performing it mm -hmm. and the and the politicians protecting it. But I agree with you. Everybody else across across all, I mean, across race, across par, uh, politics, across everything. Is saying this is wrong. This is wrong. This is wrong. So, uh, it's it's unbelievable. Um, so some other things that Don Don attacked you for for speaking out against SB one hundred seven um, at the Senate Judiciary Committee hearing in California. Good for you. You spoke out against that. Um, talked about he he talked about you um, doing that um, and said, and then uh, this article also. He oh, okay. Then he talked about your parents in the article. Oh, and then we had to attack libs of TikTok. Of course, of course, Don had to attack libs of TikTok because they all attack libs of TikTok. And libs of TikTok does nothing but post other people's videos in their own words, just just showing here's what they're saying on TikTok videos, and then libs of TikTok puts it on Instagram and Twitter. Um, but somehow they had to draw them in there. And I think this was the really odd part uh, was bringing in your opinions on the the threats of, I guess, bombing against Boston Children's Hospital, which obviously I'm against that. And you clearly said you're against that. Um, yeah, you said I condemn any and all any and all violence. Uh, oh, no, this is Libs of TikTok. Libs of TikTok condemns any and all violence. We all condemn any and all violence. Nobody wants violence. We just want you guys to leave kids alone. And I can't imagine anything more violent than than double mastectomies or, or hysterectomies or castration of children. That's pretty violent when you're talking about violence. Um, but this article is, is really, really extensive. Uh, talks about unanswered questions. But I think the questions that he was asking you are the ones that are most intriguing. 
So let's pull up the questions that were sent to you by Don from Forbes that he had asked about before he he wrote this article. And so it's interesting here. He's like, number three, my next question is, what are your thoughts about Representative Marjorie Taylor Greene, who is anti-trans and spreading lies about students identifying as furries and being provided litter boxes in their schools? Wow, what a question. That had nothing to do with you. So it was an attack. So so unfortunately, Don from Forbes is sending you questions in, in attack mode. This is like political activism here. Number four, what are your thoughts about the Proud Boys and their actions against Drag Queen Story Hour in libraries in California and elsewhere? Do you agree that drag performers aren't necessarily trans and vice versa? Again, unbelievable. I get these a lot. Like, are you not here to talk about that? No, you're not here to talk about that. Chloe's not here to talk about any of this stuff. She's just telling her story, her story, and and how awful it is, and how she's trying to just keep this from happening to anybody else. Um, but that it couldn't stop. He couldn't stop there. I've seen that you follow libs of TikTok. Boom, 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 boom. They're like so bad, right? I know they won't be available for questions tonight because it's Shabbat, but I would like to know what you think of their actions and that of Kiwi Farms, both of which have been linked to anti-trans violence. Wow. Did you even answer those questions? Yes, I answered all of them, actually. Okay, okay. Um, all of them were um, were written about, though, and they were all taken out of context, so. Of course, of course, of course, of course, of course. Um, and then this, well, wait, I'm going to skip down to the bottom. Uh, oh, wh- oh, then he's like, why participate in a campaign of anti-trans hate? But you're not. You're, this is not anti-trans hate. I haven't heard you say one thing about anybody. I do not promote hate on my platform. Oh, good for you. That's That's the right thing to do. But, but you're also not saying anything bad about anyone. You're saying, this is what happened to me. This is what I went through. This is what other people are saying. This is what happened to them. Um, and you've talked to, I can't even imagine how many, probably thousands at this point. How, I mean, that's my guess. But Honestly, I, I've lost count. You can't even keep up. Right. So you're just saying this shouldn't happen, period. Yeah, that's it. Okay, so number seven. First off, he's like, what happened to you is a tragedy, a travesty, unfair and unjust, which is all true. Um, I don't know enough to know who to blame. I wish I did. So that's nice. That's very compassionate. I think this continues on. Okay. Um, I'm also confident you're not the only one. Obviously, that's true. I believe you when you say there are many others who've detransitioned, but I need to ask, is there anything I could say or do? that would help you understand that your campaign to halt harm is in fact causing harm to young people. Yeah, they always say that I'm like killing transgender kids, but they never say who or how. You're killing transgender kids? Let me look at you. It's gracious. No, you're you're all you're saying is don't do hormones, don't do puberty blockers, don't cut the breast off of teenage girls. Don't cut their uterus out and their ovaries. Don't castrate teenage boys. That's all you're saying. But somehow they're saying you're causing, your your halt, your campaign to halt harm is in fact causing harm. No, it's not. Not one single bit. No, not one single bit. 
And my bill just says, don't do this to kids. It's like adults can make up their mind. That's my point. We shouldn't be doing this to kids. That's it. That's that's a simple point. Just don't do it to kids. It's, it's not hard. This is something that everybody agrees with. Not this, not this person, though. Um, now, here's my personal favorite of all these questions. How do we know this is you answering these questions and not someone responding on your behalf? That one's funny. Would you like to tell them it was you? <laughs> if memory serves correctly, I think it was me. <laughs> it was definitely Chloe. <laughs> so funny. Um, okay, so it's, oh boy, and then back to MTG. Okay. Get get Dawn off of here. <laughs> um, yeah, Forbes. You may not. You probably shouldn't employ that person anymore. That's my opinion, not Chloe's. I'm saying that because that wasn't very nice of this person to to Dawn didn't treat uh, Chloe very nicely, and those questions were that's not journalism, not at all. That's political activism, and political activism shouldn't exist in journalism. You know, there's freedom of press. But there's not freedom to lie. There's freedom of press, not freedom to attack people. Um, if, if you know, to tell her story, that it's it's you know basically being a bully. I think Dawn's being a bully, bullying Chloe by asking her questions like that, and then writing writing about her in such a way. Completely wrong. I think Forbes should do better. Um, so we're going to move on now. Here's what I find really interesting. Not only do you have people like that writing articles, but you've had some nasty things said to you. All the time. All the time. Tell me about that. Usually it's in uh, Twitter DMs or in my replies, sometimes in emails. I get death threats sometimes. Death threats. Death threats. Wow. Like the uh, one person said they would scoop my eyeballs out with a bowl. Scoop your eyeballs out with a bowl. For what? Because what what horrific crime did you do? Speak up. She, she, yeah, she spoke up. She said, leave kids alone. Let them grow up. Um, and then someone said, you should have your eyes scooped out with a bowl. That's unbelievable. I mean, a, how did that work in the first place? I don't know. A bowl? Like a spoon? They're not Maybe. very smart. They're, it wasn't well thought out. <laughs> And then Twitter, so that they'll send you private messages. I mean, how brave of them. So brave. They don't want to say it publicly. They just want to say nasty things to you or death threats to you in your DMs. I mean, wow. What there brave people. There's one thing, and it's surprising because it came from a transgender person. They said it was something along the lines of, it's really funny to see you having mutilated yourself. It's very interesting that they refer to it as mutilation. And they're a trans themselves? Yes. And they called it mutilation? Mm -hmm. Wow. It is interesting, right? So they're acknowledging they, mutil they are mutilated, but then they're attacking you for that. Unbelievable. I think we have one of the comments here um, pulled up. So this, this person was particularly nasty. Uh, Chris Hillett, at Chris Hillett, Ooh, September 18th. Probably still on Twitter. Uh, you chose to have your boobs cut off. Nobody forced you. Unbelievable. And you asked a good question back. I mean, first off, you you were very nice, Chloe, uh, after 
after this person was so nasty. You said, can minors consent to sex or enter into legal contracts? Good question. Excellent question. Chris, this person says, no, but they can have their body parts cut to pieces in the womb or later as a teenager. Well, and we shouldn't be promoting that. No. So he acknowledged it. And and no, we shouldn't be promoting that at all. Actually, it should be it should be a, illegal. It should be a felony. And you said, and you think that's a good thing. And then his reply is absolutely unreal. He says, I think it's hilarious people chopping off their body parts, then regretting it later when the parts are in the landfill, laughing, horrific laughing faces. That awkward feeling when you have to realize people don't care if you want to hack your body apart. Go right ahead and enjoy. And then more laughing emojis. Um, I don't even think we have anything we have to expose about Chris Hillett. He pretty much exposed himself and what a disgusting human being he is to say something like that. These are uh, these are brave people. These are these are no, they're they're sick people. You're you're brave. You're brave and courageous. They're, they're bad people. This is what happens though, um, you know, in social media world where no one's held accountable for their. Well, no, actually, I take that back. There's some of us held accountable for things we say, but not people like him. They're not held accountable for what they say, and that's wrong. And I'm I'm sorry he said that to you. Nobody should say those things. Nope, nobody should say those things. Those are awful things. But to for him to disagree, well, actually, he agreed I with mean, you, and then he mocked you and made fun of you. Yeah, I've gotten that a few times. I mean, I don't get offended too easily at this because I've already been through a whole lot worse. There's only so much words can do to me. But I think it's mostly just, like, shocking that people can be so, like, unfeeling, so so heartless. Yep. It is shocking. And they've never met you or talked to you. They didn't experience. What I'm sure if they knew me in person, they probably wouldn't say the same thing. I would hope. Especially not to my face. No, not to your face. Actually, no one should say those things. Anyways, uh, I can tell you right now, I know exactly what that feels like. <laughs> I get the same treatment from some of the same people, and it's it's not right. It's not right at all. Um, well, I think basically... What we should be saying is where we are right now in history on this issue is there's so much we don't know, but there's a lot of people that regret doing this, and kids are being targeted. It is really child abuse. Um, as a matter of fact, this is what you told me about, that there's a there's so many people coming out against it um, on Reddit.com. Mm -hmm. Is that a page? Is that a group you go to? Um. I don't really use it a whole lot, actually. I used to just, like, lurk on the, um, I used to just, like, look at posts on the subreddit, but I never really post anything of my own. I was mostly, like, active in the, um, they had, like, they had, like, a chat, they have, like, a chat server. But, um, it has about, um, what, like, 30,000 members active on it. And that's a lot. That's an incredible. Yeah, they did like a survey. I don't remember the exact numbers, but um, though a lot of um, a lot of the the members on there are like um, people who are just like people who are just curious or like people who have only um, who haven't gone like the medical the, the medical route, but have assisted. 
A big percentage is still detransitioned, and we we don't know we don't even know the exact numbers. Wow, we don't know the numbers. So Reddit.com, it's r slash detrans is the name of the group, and there's there's thirty thousand or more members. We don't know what it is now, but a large percentage of them are people that are somewhere in the detrans detransitioning process. How long does it take to detransition? It's kind of a tough one. I mean, I'm still. You could say I'm I'm still in the early stages of it actually because I've only been off of um I've only been off hormones for about a year and maybe maybe like a year and a half. Mm. I was um it was May of last year that I stopped taking the um my testosterone injections, and um I still have a ways to go. I'm not really sure like where I am health wise. I'm certainly a lot healthier than I was when I when I was on it and when I first went off. That um that was a very um. Going off of it was, it was a really tough process. I got really? sick very often. Wow. I, I um, about a year on testosterone, I started getting um, like UTI like symptoms mm. and issues with my urinary tract, and that started to worsen actually after I had went off of it. Like I would get like I would get like blood clots in my urine. I wouldn't be able to like fully empty my bladder. I would be left with this like persistent uncomfortable feeling, and that's starting to improve as like my body is like healing itself but it that that was just really scary for a while blood clots in your urine are definitely not normal i was i was not when you were probably what you're 17 and 18 and that's happening yeah i was i was 16 gosh you're 16 yeah 16 17 so you stop taking testosterone stop taking these medications and Mm -hmm. and then and you get getting sick more and more yeah i was i was very sickly looking actually got very um i got very pale and i lost quite a bit of weight for a while. And then, but you're pr- improving, obviously. I mean, you're feeling better. Mm-hmm. You look great. Mm-hmm. Do you, are you, do you get sick or you're healthy again or how um, is that? I still get sick a little bit often, but it's starting to, it's starting to improve. And well, we all get sick mm-hmm. from time to time. That's kind of part of being human. The interesting thing is, I think, and I don't know if this was because of the um, testosterone, but I do have um, a few allergies on like my on my dad's side, so it's like I've always had like a cat allergy. But I think over the over the years, after being on testosterone for so long, I actually developed um, my allergies. Actually, have gotten have gotten worse. Oh, I'm sorry. I have allergies too, so I know what that's like. That's mm-hmm. not fun. I actually developed a, a food allergy, a, a banana allergy. Which is bananas. That's so uncommon. <laughs> okay, so okay, this I used is to be able to eat just fine when I was younger. Right. So it's the question is, is it normal for allergies to develop over time, which it definitely may be, and of course yeah, that's part ha- of life. Or did it happen to you because your body was completely goodness? Yeah, it's common to start developing allergies as you get older, but I don't know. I mean, this was kind of soon to yeah. develop just like a food allergy out of the blue. And I don't know. Questions it's... that people won't know. Yeah. Oh, there's probably a, a, a wide range of health issues that people that are that are detransitioning just don't know. Like, would this be happening to me if I hadn't gone through this? Or is it normal for me? It's like, these are so many of the things that I'm sure that the health cons, you know, blood clots in your urine. No, that should not be happening. Is it is it normal to occasionally get a UTI? 
yes, that can be normal, but not a frequent, not having frequent UTIs, not in a healthy teenage girl. No, so absolutely not normal. Like a monthly occurrence. A monthly, that is way too much, not normal. But so, so the, what, what's happening now is because this, this entire medical industry of, of gender mutilation and these awful medications and hormone therapies, puberty blockers, and the health, the health side effects and, and how long it takes to get, or if it can be improved, or if maybe not everyone can improve, it's so unknown. It's just it's unknown. unknown. Yeah, like my, all the medical professionals who have like helped me with this kind of just like dismiss me. They're, they're either like, they're either like completely at a loss of how to treat me or they're, they're just, they're, they're, they're kind of short with me and like very, very quick to like rush me through appointments. Or they like they they tell me oh we we just don't know there we, there's not enough, there's not enough studies on people like you we've never had a patient like you before because it's new because we were never trying to do this to kids before in history and we should never be doing this to children it's absolutely insane what about do you have any friends that are going through D transition that have other issues like what are what are the other types of issues um I mean I don't really have a whole lot of friends in person who are in this situation. I know a lot of people online who are speaking out on it, but um, a lot of them cite, like, I was surprised to learn that this wasn't, like, unique to me. A lot of people actually have um, issues with, like, their urinary tract, um, like, incontinence. And the further these people get into their medical transition, the worse the um, side effects get. It's so sad. So, so sad. Um, shouldn't be happening. Absolutely should not be happening. We're not even talking about what what the boy what the men and the boys go through. Uh, things I've read about that is horrific, absolutely horrific. Um, so since we don't have any examples to use, we probably shouldn't get too far into it because mm. I, I don't know enough. I wouldn't want to talk about it without having like exact information in front of me. Um, well, so here's what I think, Chloe. I think I want to thank you for coming to Washington, D.C., and I want to thank you for just being a voice and saying this is what's happening and you're fighting on it. And it's so important because what you're saying and the story you're telling one day it, it is going to protect all these other kids. And it's so worth it. It's so worth it. I'm going to keep doing my part in Congress because I believe in it so much so. Um, and it is really, it's not a political issue. It's just something that should never happen to children. We should let them grow up, let kids be kids, and and never allow this to happen again in America. It's got to stop. And I'm going to end on this note, and, and we're going to play a clip from from Bill Maher, who, who does not want to be associated with me, I'm sure. And I don't mean to do that to him. People don't pick on Bill Maher hey, just because that, I'm going to play his clip. Uh, yeah, go ahead. That, though, I want to I thank you for having me come out here and um, give me this opportunity to speak out and tell my story. And thank you for, um, for helping prevent this happen to kids ever again. Thank you. It's my it's my honor to do it, Chloe, and I'll keep working on it so we can make it stop. That's that's important. So we'll um, we'll finish up and we'll play this clip from Bill Maher. And I think he I think he does a good job of saying what is just common sense. Uh, This was a this was from his show. uh, I think it was back during Pride Month. 
And it's just it's not a it's not a political issue, everyone. This is an issue that we just should all be working on. Uh, so again, don't attack Bill Maher just because I attached his video onto my onto my episode. Uh, I just thought he had some pretty good words to say. Well, thank you, Chloe, and I look forward to talking with you again, and we'll definitely do it. All right, check this clip out, guys. Don't forget to hit share. Thanks so much. Broken down over time, the LGBT population of America seems to be roughly doubling every generation. According to a recent Gallup poll, less than 1% of Americans born before 1946, that's Joe Biden's generation, identify that way. 2.6% of boomers do, 4.2% of Gen X, 10.5% of millennials, and 20.8% of Gen Z. Which means if we follow this trajectory, we will all be gay in 2054. (laughs) And then who's going to buy this chair? (laughs) I'm just saying that when things change this much, this fast, people are allowed to ask, what's up with that? All the babies are in the wrong bodies? Was there a mix-up at the plant, like with Captain Crunch's Oops All Berries? <laughs> it wasn't that long ago when adults asked a kid, what do you want to be when you grow up? They meant what profession? <laughs> 